In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. It has been a couple of months, so you may or may not recall that the lesson for the first Sunday of Epiphany was the baptism of Jesus, as it always is. Now, two months later, we get to the very next narrative in the Gospels, the temptation account. I want to take a moment to pull those two Sunday morning readings slightly closer together than two months. Recall that at Christ's baptism, the last words we hear is the voice from heaven declaring, This is my beloved Son. We see the Spirit descending upon him in the form of a dove. Immediately after is when Jesus moves into the wilderness, being led by the Spirit and being tempted of the devil. This connection and pattern is significant for us in our own faith in Christian life. Upon baptism, the church prays and thanks God for receiving those baptized as his children. We anoint the baptized We declare that they are marked as God's own forever. We proclaim them to be reborn or made regenerate by the gift and blessing of the Holy Spirit. And following baptism, we enter the world where we face temptation. Indeed, 1 Peter 5 verse 8 reminds us that the devil walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. As we enter the season of Lent, this particular wilderness I ask whether we are prepared for such temptation. So as we go through this morning, I want us to consider the gospel passage, the gospel narrative, and how Jesus conquered the devil's temptations to learn how we too might be more victorious over temptations and sin that come our way. Jesus is full of the Spirit's and is led by that spirit into the wilderness, where he eats nothing for 40 days, all the while, Luke says, being tempted of Satan. We do not know what all of those temptations might have been, but the three we are given are perhaps the last three and serve as an example for the rest. It has been 40 days since Jesus has eaten food, and the text tells us he is now hungry. Have you ever noticed that you might have a much harder time making good choices when you're hungry, when you're exhausted? There's a good reason why you shouldn't go shopping before you eat lunch. (laughs) So the devil finds Jesus in this place and says, Jesus, I'm going to test you on two fronts. One, if you really are the Son of God, then make this stone to be bread. One tests his identity, the other his hunger. He really says, Jesus, if you really are the Son of God, take matters into your own hands and meet your own needs. Jesus is certain of his identity. He does not even respond to that temptation. And regarding the other, he quotes the scriptures. Pulls from Deuteronomy, what we know as chapter 8 and verse 3. says, man does not live by bread alone on every word of God. 
In context, that verse from Deuteronomy recalls how God provided manna for the people of Israel when they were in the wilderness, as Jesus now is. That provision helped Israel to know that they could trust and believe God that he would provide and sustain for them, even in a place where no grain would grow. So while we may have needs and wants, Jesus shows us in this response that our greatest need is our relationship with God and to know and live by his every word. Similarly, the devil will challenge and tempt us to deny or doubt our identity as Christians or to use our freedoms and abilities to meet our own needs, to satisfy the desires of our flesh in our own ways. Jesus faced these temptations, and he faced them with Scripture. So maybe that's a good idea for us as well. There are numerous verses we could pull from. I'll give us a sample. Regarding our identity in Christ, perhaps we could think about John 1, verse 12, which reminds us, that for all who believe in Christ, God has given us the ability to become his children. Or Ephesians 1.13, which reminds us that our identity in Christ has been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Regarding the satisfaction of our needs and wants, Psalm 16.11 is a great reminder. It says that God will show us the path of life, and that in his presence, quote, is fullness of joy And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Deep satisfaction is found in relationship to God. Abiding in him, that is where we will be filled. Moving on, Satan tries a different tactic. He takes Jesus up on a high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and says, the authority and glory of all these I can give to you. He offers to Jesus a path to authority that doesn't involve the cross. If you will worship me, says the devil, I will give you this authority. Jesus does not deny that the devil has that authority, but he knows it's only temporary. Jesus knows where true authority and ultimate authority comes from. And he's not willing to give Satan that which isn't Satan's right to have, worship and service. Again, Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy, the 13th chapter of verse of chapter 13th verse of chapter 6. Only God is to be worshipped and served. Jesus was already going to receive eventually dominion over the earth, taking the easy road, worshiping and serving the devil would have violated his very character, as it would ours. Of course, power and frame are frequent avenues of temptations for us as humans. We might be tempted to violate our principles to gain a little bit of power, fame, or authority. Perhaps we were asked to trade a favor in order to gain an advantage or some privilege. And you and I all know stories of those who compromise their integrity for some kind of worldly gain, only to eventually lose their jobs, their families, their ministries and all at a very great cost. Once again, we can and should learn from Jesus to have scripture at our hands and in our minds to keep us focused on our worship of God. Perhaps the first commandment is helpful. Exodus 20, verse 3, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. 
Nothing should be the object of our desire above God, not money, not fame, not power, not pleasure, or anything else. Regarding worldly power and aspirations, perhaps we can remember Christ's own words to Pilate in John 19.11. You would have no authority over me except it were given thee from above. It all comes from God initially anyway. As the narrative continues, the temptation narrative comes to a climax in the same place where Jesus' own ministry will ultimately finish, in Jerusalem. This time the devil decides to be a little trickier here. He says, I'll quote scripture at Jesus to try and goad him. So he quotes part of Psalm 21. He says, Jesus, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. The scriptures declare that God will protect his people. It will keep you from dashing your foot against the stone. It should not surprise us by now that Jesus returns to Scripture again. This time, just three verses after the last one he's quoted. Deuteronomy 6.16. God should not be tested or tempted. What Jesus effectively declares here is that while we can and should claim God's promises for us to be true, we should not put ourselves intentionally in a position to trust or prove those. We believe that God will save us from the path of an oncoming truck. We should not step out into the path of said truck. God does promise us many things. He promises that he will be with us, that he will deliver us. We are encouraged to not intentionally force the issue. Rather, we could remember Christ's own words from Deuteronomy 6.16 or other passages to help us stay on track. And at a more broad level, the devil and other people, perhaps even around us, will use a portion of scripture and quote it to us, perhaps out of context, to try and throw us off track. The challenge for us, then, is to become even more familiar with scripture so that we can be more certain when it is being used out of context or when a particular thing is used out of line with what God says in the rest of his scriptures. Therefore, I encourage us, this Lenten season, that perhaps we should commit to deepen our faith and our knowledge of Scripture, to study, to go to classes, or best yet, as Jesus did, to memorize certain verses or passages to help us along the way. In doing so, you and I can be renewed by the transformation of our minds, Romans 12. To not only know God's will, but to be in relationship with him. To be able, as the Lord's Prayer says, to ask for God's daily help. To keep us from temptation. To deliver us from the evil one. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.